want to challenge us as we enter 2022, there's no point entering a year like this without believing a few things. We've got to believe a few things. And I believe that 2022 is a year full of possibilities. I want to speak to business people in the room where the last two years have been the toughest time of your life. I want to tell you, 22 is a year full of possibilities. I want to speak to mothers and fathers of parents who are saying, actually, our possibilities of our children have been diminished and their experience have been diminished. 2022, for those who believe and will trust God, is going to be a year full of possibilities. So you can choose to believe other things and it's going to be challenges and disappointments and more trials and more pain. Or you can choose to believe what the Word of God says that actually His people actually buy into a different story. A different economy, an economy that Laura Bosman bought into, that she was the opposer of our Life Changes Church. And every time they did a school production, Gabe would come to me and Laura kicked us out again. <laughs> kicked us out of the hall. Now God has got into that life and started working a story and bringing a story of grace and peace. And He wants to do that with your life. He wants to keep doing that with all our lives. And we need to be a people who, although there are giants in the land, let's not fool ourselves. In every land of promise and inheritance, there are giants. They're just another giant that needs to fall. Just another giant that needs its head chopped off. The giants of depression, the giants of challenge, the giants of lies, the giants of whatever is your giant. It's just another giant that God wants to allow us to cut the head off. And I want to read something I wrote two years ago at the start of a pandemic. Because I still believe it. I believe in the power of the local church. Not called to follow the world, but to lead. Not called to be influenced, but to influence. Not set aside to hide, but to shine for His glory. Not a church, not on a city, not a church on a block, but a city on a hill. Not boring in its ventures, but risk-taking in the goodness of their God. Not impotent slaves, but empowered sons and daughters. The church is awesome. She has never been more challenged. She has never been more full of potential. The vision for and of the local church is the vision of the bride by her bridegroom. God, we give you glory today. Yes, we're excited. And yes, the music's loud. And yes, we're putting things on the screen. But more than anything, God, we love your presence. We love what only you can do. We're astounded that you would choose to pull your creation, your sons and daughters into your story of redemption. We thank you for the privilege that we get to partner in the beautiful dance of the Trinity. And as you continue to fulfill your big story for our small world. So we give you all the glory, King, this morning. Amen. So as Gabe mentioned, and as we'll always mention, the vision doesn't change every year. It's not like, come to Vision Sunday. What are we going to do this year? No, it's on the wall. <laughs> we should put a light in it, but it's on every wall where we go. We put it on the wall five, six years ago. Why? Because it keeps reminding us and anchoring us what we say yes to and actually what we say no to. And, and we say yes to a whole bunch of things. Why? Because we want to reach far. Say that with me. Reach far. We want to reach far. The Bible says actually not just to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but to the ends of the earth, the gospel must go. And so we want to be a people who keep reaching. And we've had stories that we've encountered and the gospel has been preached through this platform to over 70 countries. I, if you'd said that to me two years ago, I said, oh, are you joking? And yet we've spoken to the people. I've had friends of mine who've been online watching online and I'm getting cocky messages from around the world. Nice glasses, old man, because they've known me for 25 years and knew that I never wanted to wear glasses. 
and yet they're listening to the gospel and they've encountered the gospel and they're sitting in countries like the Middle East encountering the gospel. Thank you, God, that if my, through my small life and this community out of Tableview could reach that is planted to the city and beyond, we're going to keep reaching. And you know what? If we keep reaching, we're putting out the line and it's one, one, we'll keep casting lines and seeing the kingdom of God come. He's called us to raise up. Say that with me. Raise up. And, and that's for us, but it's also a mandate to the church. It says, go to all nations, teach them my ways, teach them and call them and show them. This is not a Sunday gospel. This is an everyday people growing in God gospel, an everyday rising up together gospel, an everyday people challenging, learning from each other gospel. I'm learning from Lionel and Kath McGaw. Like I'm learning from my 13-year-old son every day. This is the gospel. And each of us are an integral part of the raise-up story and the disciples' story in our lives. And lastly, release wide. Why? Because we're not trying to build something. I promise you now, you won't be able to take your fridge magnet to heaven. Revelation of the day. Write it down. And you know what you're not going to take to heaven? Your status as a partner in the life changer story. You won't, that, that won't matter in heaven. The only thing that will matter in heaven is Jesus, His glory, and reminding ourselves that He pulls us, which means our hearts have to be this wide. So when people do move overseas, we gather and say, God, you are sending people to the ends of the earth. And then some people move back and they're moving here. And we're saying, God, you're releasing for your kingdom. And we'll send finances to the strangest parts of the world. And we'll release people to go, why? Because there's a kingdom story that's bigger than a church story. You know what? We all need to keep reminding ourselves that. All of us. As God keeps reminding us that his story is always bigger than ours. But in 2022, as we come to every year, we say, God, what is the prophetic, the unction, the word that you want to speak to your church that doesn't come and do away with our vision, but you speak to our hearts and you challenge it again. And if you haven't noticed, it's also on the wall. (laughs) We put things on the wall because we're a bit doff and slow. So if you're at home, you won't see it on the wall right now, but you'll probably have it on your screen somewhere. For us, God is speaking a word of move again. Move again. I'm going to explain what that is and what it means. But for us, we are going to jump into a 10-week series. Some of you are like, wow, that must be deep. No, relax. It's okay. It's a little bit longer. A 10-week series through the book of Exodus. And, uh, and God's going to speak to us. God's going to challenge us. It is the most profound story. I'm telling you, you actually don't fully grasp and get the gospel unless you fully understand what God did with his chosen people through the book of Exodus. And if you don't know where the book of Exodus is, it's right near the spot, just off the Genesis. It's a profound story of this people who were in slavery for 430 years. God's chosen people. Yes, they were still God's chosen people in slavery. His grace was still upon them, but he spoke a word to them. They couldn't hear, so he had to send a redeemer in their story. And that redeemer, a man named Moses, rises up and God says, I want you to go to Pharaoh, the biggest, baddest, meanest king you've ever known. I want you to tell him that God wants his people free. He doesn't just want them free. He wants them worshiping. He doesn't listen. And this is where you might know the story, the 10 plagues come, that ends in the Passover. And it is tragic and it is terrible, but it's a reminder the lens to which God will go to set his people free so they can worship him. And then they enter a 40-year journey that should have taken 10 days, 11 days through the desert. But God knew what he needed to teach him in the journey. 
And I'm telling you, we need to learn the same lessons now. Otherwise, we'll keep going through deserts. And then God leads them into the promised land. And in the, the big story, there is the gospel. In the big story, there's the narrative of his redemption. And he keeps pulling us to the story. And I want to jump today into the middle of a story. I know, I know that you're not allowed to do that. But I can. <laughs> I want to jump right into the middle of Exodus 14 in this big story of the Exodus. As God's going to speak a few things to us today and we kick off the series But I want to tell you, we encounter this traumatic scene that God has set his people free from 430 years of slavery. Now, slavery in those days was very obvious. Slave masters whipping and beating and chains upon people's arms. But slavery is not that obvious these days. And yet it's just as real. It's just as prevalent. It's in the church. It's outside the church. It's very much in our world. People slaved and enslaved by masters. And God's still on the mission to set his people free. And in the middle of this whole scene, God breaks in and and sends Moses to speak to Pharaoh. Now, we're going to dive into all those stories a little more more later, so stay with me. But Pharaoh comes up against the God of heaven who does these 10 plagues. Imagine a plague of gnats and and like, what's the other, locusts and grass, like these. And then he takes a river and turns it to blood. And Pharaoh still struggles to hear. And yet eventually God comes with the Passover and and the firstborn of every one of the nation, including Pharaoh's own son, is taken. The spirit of death in that night. But everyone, every single one of God's people spared because of the blood above their doors. You know the story. We jump in at that time and they've just been set free. They're on the journey. They're just starting. They're basically in the parking lot. They're like just outside. They're not far, and they find themselves in a crazy situation. As God says, he's going to harden the hearts of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh will chase, so that Pharaoh and God's people will see his glory. And they find themselves at this hectic scenario where they have mountains next to them, Pharaoh's men chasing them down, and they are standing on the edge of the Red Sea. Now, let's just make sure we got our body of water correct. This is not the Jordan River. You can't see the other side. The average width of the Red Sea is 180 miles. Which gives you context to understand this is a big thing. This is not like sometimes you see the jokes in the movie, guy trying to part the waters of his bath or separate his pool. I'm not, no one's actually pulled that off, but God did a big thing for his people. And he wants to do a big thing in these times. You know what? God's people were standing there and the enemies coming down, they were totally defenseless in themselves. But it doesn't mean they were defenseless against the enemies. Maybe you have today and you say, I've got no defenses. I'm backed up against a sea that will drown in or an enemy. I'm totally defense. I want to tell you about the God who defends his people with fire, with clouds. And we're jumping into the story. It says this in in verse 14. It said, but I will gain my glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. The starting point of the whole Exodus story is that the world, the Egyptians, the enemy, and every single person will know that God is glory. God will get his glory, church. Whether we respond in faith or don't, God will get his glory. Whether we choose to walk through an open sea or not, God will get his glory. He will get his glory. It happens in verse 9, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near that place, Pi Harry Hiroth. Yeah, I need to work on that one. Opposite Baal Zephon. And it's hectic. It says they didn't just catch them, they overtook them. That's how slow the Israelites are walking, and the Pharaoh's men just whoop, they just overtake them. 
It carries on. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, just quickly, they've gone from, we're free, we're free, we're, the, we're the, you know, God's chosen people out of slavery. We're terrified. Let's be honest. We do the same thing. You can be fully in faith in one second. And unfortunately, because we are human and this side of eternity, there is a reality that fear once is always just at the door. Carries on. Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? I mean, come on. That's the most dramatic line in the Bible. It's like, oh. What have you done to us by bringing us out to Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Basically, you should have left us in slavery. We were okay being whipped. We were okay being beaten. We were okay being made work longer and longer hours with less and less provisions. And our kids automatically ending up in slavery. See, it doesn't sound like the people who are mentioned in Hebrews 11 who are spoken about as a people of faith who by faith crossed the Red Sea. It doesn't sound like that, and yet they are celebrated as a people of faith. How? It carries on. Verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I mean, these are amazing words. From a pretty amazing guy. This is Big Mo. He's like the guy of wisdom. He's like God's man for the moment. He's Moses. He says, actually, all you need to do, you just need to stand still. Now, yes, there are moments and times. And yes, my heart always needs to be still before God. But sometimes God speaks. And we need to listen. You know what God chooses to do? I mean, literally, Moses had just said, actually, here's the strategy, guys. Just stand still. And everyone's like, musical. What's that game kids play? So, and, and they're like, Moses said it, we must do it. But God says something else. What happens when God says over our wisdom, when God speaks over our mindset, when God speaks over our circumstance and into every situation? Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Now just things. The enemy's coming. They got big, bad battleships. I mean, it's like chariots and uh, uh, Maserati. I don't know what he's riding there, but um, Pharaoh's rocking it, and they're looking big, bad, and mean, and they're coming down. And behind them is a massive sea. They can't go anywhere. There's about two and a half million to three million of them with kids and women and pregnant ladies and old dudes, and everyone's there. They're like, we got to walk slowly, guys. Moses, slow down at the front. They can't run. God says, why are you crying out to me? Then he says this, tell the Israelites to move on. Yeah. Moses going, where? <laughs> well, uh, there's a big swim. Maybe you feel like that today, at the start of this year. Maybe like, where? Where do you want me to go? Debt collectors, broken relationships, my past. What I have done, I can't hide, I have done. Where I have been, what I have said, where? 
And God says this, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Like God leaves no one else. He's like, he doesn't say those guys, he says, Pharaoh, his army, and his horsemen, and his chariots, and everything he can bring at me, I will get my glory. It's the same to your enemies. That's what we believe. Because that's what the Bible says. So you can go find Wikipedia, search the story, and Wikipedia is going to tell you, it's not possible. But I believe the Bible. Because the Bible has led me my whole life. The Bible has led me to life when I've wanted to run. Says, God says, Move. Today, fighting depression, move. Your marriage in trouble, move. Your circumstances in chaos, move. Where? Through the sea that you don't think you can get through. And it says, this is what happens. Verse 27, as we finish off reading the story, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. See, like the Israelites right now, there's a lot of fear. And sometimes we forget what God has done. They'd forgotten the ten plagues. They were just weeks old. Those weren't stories like we read them of thousands of years ago. Those were weeks old stories, firsthand encounters of the magnificent of God. And that God still wants them to know his glory and be a people who trust him. You see, God is on the move and God will gain his glory through your story. He is so, so jealous for his glory because he's the only one who deserves it. And we live in a world where everyone's going after their glory, but only one deserves it. God of heaven. So he tells the Israelites, move on. And they feared the Lord and they put their trust in him. See, God is looking for a people whose trust is in him. I want to tell you, I think there are three aspects for us as we've been praying about this, as we move at this time and we move again in God. And that's why we're not going to take one story from the book of Exodus. We're going to preach right through. The first one is this, God's calling some to move out. And at every time, some are doing one of all three of these. The first one is move out. Move out of your slavery. Oh, Mark, but I've been here for years. No, there was a leper. He lay there for 30 years and God said, now you're healed. Now you've got to walk. But I'm healed. I'm just going to sit down again. Hmm? Come on. Walk. Move. To every person he healed. To every person he pulled the one lady again, caught in adultery and they wanted a stone. He said, okay, move. Go do no more. Move. Don't just stay here. I'm broken. I'm this person. I'm everything they say. Yes, stand up and move. He says the same to you today. He says the same to me. In your marriage, if you're broken, if there's anxiety and depression at the door, let my people go so they may worship me. The call has never changed. It's never changed. And I'm not talking about worship on a Sunday to a screen. I'm talking about your soul free. 
God doesn't want to set you free so that you can enter in heaven with the status of freedom. God wants to set you free so you can walk in as an entitled son of the king, knowing that you have access to his throne. That's what the Bible offers. And we've minimized it to something else. Oh, I've got to get free of my thing. I'm going to go back to church. Oh, I'm free again. Cool. No, there's more. It says, move out of your brokenness. Move out of your slavery. Some parents, thank you. I like the guys in the white shirts. I don't know why we all wore white shirts this morning, but <laughs> this is not a word for parents to your older children. Move out. This is a word to our souls to say we are called to move out from our brokenness, to move out from our, de- our oppressors at this time, generational pain and destruction. God wants you free and out. Cycles of chaos and brokenness and addictions. 430 years they were in slavery. They were comfortable there. The problem is we become comfortable in under the hand of our oppressors. God says, no, time to move. Maybe you think it's time to be so much. Just be quiet and submit to my oppressor. Rubbish, move. And let's move together on dry land. Second of all, this, he's calling us as we call to move, to move through. And the big chunk of the middle and most of Exodus is their journey through a desert. You know what God shows them? You can trust me. I mean, I've never given you reason to not, but I need you to be a people who trust me. You're thirsty, I'll give you water from a rock. You're hungry, manna from heaven. Your clothes will never wear out and your sandals will never wear out. You'll walk through a desert for 40 years. Your shoes will never wear out. Show me a shoe brand who can do that. He keeps them safe. He keeps them healthy. He sends them out. And they were so oppressed and challenged, but when they walked out, it says not one of them was feeble. When they began the journey, not one of them. You've got to move through. See, in the desert, they ate well. In the desert, they were provided for. But you've got to move through. And there's a challenge in our world that we're not good at pushing through tough times. We, we, we are skilled and find, develop skills of finding the least possible resistance. And you know what? That's when a river does the most destruction. God's saying, I want to teach my people how to go through a desert, trusting me, knowing that I'll provide. Day after day after day after day after day. And lastly, God's calling us to move in. And, and yes, we move out of our slavery and move through the desert, but we move into the promises that he has for us. And so many stop, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. No, you can't just stop there. You've got to move in. You've got to take the territories, God. And I love that Jacob gets in and says, I want to go take the hill country. You know where, the, where those giants were? I want that land. Some of you are like, that's not me. That's okay, but someone's got to say it because those giants have got to fall. And three years ago, a team stood up and said, we want to see the giants of addiction fall and people have fought. And others stood up and said, we want to see the giants of loneliness fall in the city and a community gets birthed in the middle of a pandemic and people start gathering And some people didn't see for weeks and months because there was no church. And you meet them and say, I know you. You've been encouraging me as I'm preaching from my garage. And you're the only one on. And I thank you. You and your mom. My mom has to be on. It's kind of part of the territory. But God is calling us at this time to be a people who will understand the call of now. And I'm telling you, as humbly as I can bring it before you, God is calling us. Yes, let my heart be still before the living God, but let me not be stifled. Let me not 
stay in this place. I won't stay in the place of oppression. If there's a pressure in your life, you need to move because God has called you to be free. If you're in a desert right now and there's deserts in your story, God's saying, move, keep moving through. Oh, but I'm still in the desert. Yes, you are. But yesterday I provided you water and yesterday I provided you food. And yesterday I showed you my magnificence. And there was a cloud that started to lead his people. And by the end of the Exodus, the glory of the book of Exodus is that by the end of the book, Every time God moved, His people moved. And when the cloud lifted, the kids would run into the tent and say, Dad, God's on the move. Good boy, let's move. That's the church. I want to tell you, the church is nothing fancy. We're just a bunch of campers in a desert making our way through with a promise ahead. And we aren't able to defend ourselves. We're not fancy. We've never called to compete with the world on any level. But we are the people who walk through a sea on dry land. Why? Because of God. Because of God. Because our God is glorious. Because our God is magnificent. And our God speaks to our hearts. And I want to tell you, He's speaking to my heart. He's speaking to your heart. Will you move? See, there have been times in my life when I've been so captivated by God, I've been crazy generous. And there have been times where I'm going, I I don't know if I can be that. There have been times in my heart where I've crazily pursued God and radically shared the gospel in every street corner. And there are other times my heart wants to come back into a bit of a shell and go, I'm going to go back in my tent today. Mm, The man is a bit heavy this morning. And God's saying, will you move? Because on the other side of you moving, there is a people moving through getting to the other side. Will you stand with me this morning? It's time to move. Maybe you saw this big thing. That big thing on the wall is we're going to make public declarations to ourselves. You're going to stand. And if you're struggling with, the, with challenges in your life, come and stand before this. Ask someone to take a photo and, and mark the day you made a decision to move. And maybe there are cycles and brokenness in your life. You're saying, I just don't know how to break them. I want to tell you this. You can't. Your back is up against the sea, but the God of heaven can part the oceans. Stand in front, take a photo and say, I'm going to start to move. And you know what? It doesn't matter. The Bible says you don't have to know where all the steps are. And maybe it still looks wet and maybe the water's still receding and God's saying move. And you're going, I don't know if I can trust you. Trust Him. You have to trust Him. If there's one thing you can take away today, one thing, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. The God of heaven can be trusted. God can be trusted. Oh, we gotta get more excited. God can be trusted. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. Can we close our eyes for a minute, please? As I started out, I'm reminded, maybe this moment's just for one. Just one. Maybe you're the one. Maybe people are leaving. And you're seeing people find freedom in your world and space. You're going, why am I still here? I can't move. God says, move. Maybe watching a people walk through and the water is piling up on other side saying, I cannot move. My feet are stuck to the ground and it's my past and it's my brokenness and it's every chain that is wrapped around. No, there is the blood of Jesus comes and breaks every chain today. Every single chain. Not because of the passion of a preacher, but because of the miracle of Jesus and His perfection in every way. Just while eyes are closed, if you were here this morning, You're saying, Mark, I can't move. I'm stuck. 
I'm stuck in my past. I'm stuck in my pain. I'm stuck in my brokenness. I'm stuck. I want to introduce you to the God who gets his people unstuck. And he says, move today by my spirit, for my glory, singing my praise. Move. Oh, Mark, but you don't know. I can't be one of those. You don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. I don't, sir or ma'am. But I've seen him do it before. And we'll see him do it again. If that's you this morning, our eyes are closed. I pray. Will you lift your hands? I want to pray with you this morning as God calls sons and daughters to move from brokenness, to move from pain to move from cycles of destruction, to move, move, move again. Thank you, God. Freedom come, liberty come, life come, joy come, joy, joy come, God. Identity poured out upon your sons and daughters, God. And call your children to the more that you have for them. Your church, God, walking through pillars of water on the other side, an enemy chasing out down. We still choose to be your people. We still declare our faith in the God who reigns above. And we'll keep moving as you move and we'll keep trusting as you move and we'll keep our eyes on you as you move, God. We'll keep giving as you grace. We'll keep pouring out as you pour in, God, because you are faithful to every promise, every dream that you pour out. We thank you, God that we get to partner with the King of Kings 